Stephanie, I miss yoga to record this episode. Tell me that it's about something good. Um, I'm gonna say you missed yoga because you researched like 20 minutes worth of information in like two hours, mm-hmm. but we'll go with that. This week we're talking about uh, the wage gap, paid leave, all things that affect a women's salary, and a lot of really depressing things that happen if you are a woman. Women in the workforce. W I T W. What would Jesus do? <laughs> what? Um, Stephanie, this week's so much fun because we're in Brooklyn instead of Queens. Why are you talking so quietly? I'm starting. Um, new I'm, year, I'm, new you. <laughs> starting at the bottom, and I'm gonna work my way up. Oh, okay. So the end, you're gonna be screaming. There will be screaming. Okay. Yeah. Wait, uh, remember. Yesterday at the Women's March, when <laughs> there was, like, a wave of screaming, it started in the front, everybody was like, woo, and then it, like, worked all the way yeah. to the back, and then it ended, <laughs> and at the end, there was just a small child <laughs> screaming, ah, like, it sounded like they were in a lot of pain, but it was a singular scream, it was really funny. Um, so I we went to the Women's March. So we're recording this the day after Women's March 2018. Uh-huh. Um, Kara and I were the only ones there. <laughs> it was literally just the two of us. Yeah. Um, in all of New York City. It was crazy because, like, last year, there were millions of people. And this year, it was just Stephanie and I. It, wasn't, it was insane. Just us standing in front of Trump Tower yelling, yelling. shame, shame, shame. Um, no, I mean, from our group of friends. It was kind of weird. But yeah, um, last year, there were a lot of us that went. And like, also last year, I had a lot of different people from different groups of friends who were texting me, asking me if I was going, like, as if. It was, like, they would be like, oh, are you going to the Women's March in D.C.? Because people, one, assume that my loud feminist ass, like, is not going to be satisfied by staying in New York. But the downside is that, like, people assume that because I'm a proud feminist that I'm, like, organized. (laughs) So people would be like, oh, are you going to D.C.? Like, what's your plan? And I'm like, honey, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have a plan. I'm going somehow. Whatever. I figured it out, like, two days before the march last year. Yeah, um, you asked me if I wanted to go, like, two days before, and I was like, you're asking me now. <laughs> yeah, the, it's, like, the story of my life. Yeah. I'll figure it out right before it happens. Whatever. Um, but the march was really great. It was, it was, it felt like the second year around. Like, you yeah. could tell that it was, like, it's disappointing that momentum has been lost Here's the thing. Even though so much bad stuff has happened this year. Momentum has been lost, but I felt like there was a wider group of people there. So, like, maybe the base has been broadened. But I also feel like there were a lot of people like myself who, like, I would consider myself part of the feminist base. Um, And I was really weary. Weary? Weary? You do you, Karen. One or or the other, or possibly both. (laughs) Of whether or not I should go this year because exactly what you and I talked about is like is more commercial and it you really just wonder like it, it's just not as organic. Yeah, it was last year. It was like I am so angry. Yeah, I am so ready. I am going to be on the street this year. It was like 
okay, it's the anniversary. We obviously need to go out and do something. But I was also like, do we need to go out and do the exact same thing? Because there has been a lot of great forward movement this year. Like the whole Me Too thing and Time's Up and like bye Harvey and Matt and Aziz. Like goodbye everybody, every man. Um, That's the new hashtag. Start trending it. Hashtag goodbye every man. Uh, But that to go back to a march that was done a year ago, I was kind of like, you know what, we should move on and, like, be doing a bigger thing this year, like, yeah. instead of doing the yeah. exact same thing. So, pros and cons, not afraid to criticize the movement. It was still, I'm really glad that we went. I'm very happy we went. It, it always, like, going to marches and things, going to rallies, just rejuvenates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Definitely. you're around people, because when you are going like throughout the whole year and there are a billion internet trolls who are like telling you that you should be raped and telling you to kill yourself and whatever else they're doing as internet trolls do it can really start to feel like wow there is no good in the world like this there's just no point we're not gonna win in 2018 like we can't make any headway on anything and then to go and see all these other people Mm -hmm. who are like-minded with you it's really encouraging that one sign that both of us liked the um don't let the assholes bring you down or something there were two one of them was don't let the assholes bring you down another one was don't let the bastards get you down yeah they were good yeah that which is just like good another thing that i loved were all of the signs that were about voting yes i thought that was so important the one sign that I saw online, not in person, was uh, if you don't vote in November, you're just doing this for Instagram, mm-hmm. which honestly, like the truth, yes. Um, and hopefully, that's that's what I'm like nervous about. I am nervous that this is, like last year, a lot of people who were criticizing the march were like, well, what are they going to do after the march? And I think that we proved ourselves in the first year of like, no, you know, it's not just a march. Like this is a movement we are going to make a change, whatever else. This year, I'm like, what are we going to do after the march? Like, I'm a little nervous. I hope that we can keep this energy up, not just to get to November, but, like, we have a long fight ahead of us. Yeah. Um, another thing that happened was the government shut down. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, okay. Hot topic. The store. I yeah. just I just love hot topic. You know? We're just gonna list stores that are at the mall. Um, uh, Forever players. <laughs> yeah. Journeys. Spencers. Um Hot Topic. This is a hot topic. Hot button issue. Yeah. Um where is that the government has shut down. Honestly, Hopefully, by the time that this episode comes out, the government will be back up and running. They are planning, like, Senate is planning to reconvene on Monday morning. Uh, so, tomorrow we're recording this on Sunday. And hopefully, by the time this drops on Wednesday, everything has been fixed. <sighs> but I'm just, I'm getting annoyed again, at Republicans trying to frame this as, like, somehow. They're hashtagging hashtag Schumer shutdown, which I'm like, bruh, y'all, like, McConnell voted 
for the government shutting down. And also, like, Democrats are not happy that the government shut down, but we're also not going to sacrifice the rights of 600,000 dreamers so that you guys can have a wall when there's not been any research done on the wall and when, like, Donald Trump lied about the wall and said that Mexico is going to pay for it and now you just want to take money out of the taxpayers' pockets and... Like, good. Good for Democrats for standing up and saying, like, no, that's fucking insane. That's the only way to phrase it, is that that's fucking insane. Like, you lied to your voters. Most of the people who voted for Trump are too stupid to know the difference of, like, Mexico paying for a wall versus taxpayers paying for a wall, but they still want to get their panties in a bunch about fucking... They all think that abortion, that if you pay taxes, you're paying for somebody else to have an abortion. Like, it's just... I just wish that, like, one Republican could read, you know? That's my goal. Like, my hope is that a single Republican, maybe the president of the United States, like, will learn to read in 2018 because apparently none of them can. All right. Let's take a deep breath. Okay. Wait. Something else happened this week, Stephanie. Yes, I know. Take a deep breath. Okay. I'm I'm breathing. I'm fine. Um, freaking tell us what freaking happened with the Ah! Kardashians. Another Kardashian has joined the clan. Here's the scoop. Kim K had her babe. Okay, she didn't have it because she had a surrogate, as we all know. Um, As we all know. (laughs) As we all know. They named it Chicago. At first I was pissed. And then I was like, you know what? Not my child. They named it Chicago after... That's, like, where Kanye West is from. And also there's, like, some tribute there to his mom. So that's kind of cute. Ready for the conspiracy theory, Stephanie? Kylie went into labor this past weekend. That's the conspiracy theory, or that's like the rumor. And then the conspiracy theory is that she was Kim K's surrogate. Here are some facts to say why that's not true. Oh my gosh, wrap it up. (laughs) No. Um, We've all seen pictures of Kim K's surrogate. She has been shopping for really unhealthy food. We've all seen this. And I remember seeing it because I was like, I can't believe that Kim is letting her surrogate eat unhealthy food. That's shocking. She had like Oreos and Nutter Butters in her shopping cart. So Kylie's still pregnant to the best of our knowledge. Who knows? And Kim now has a third child. Okay, that's enough. Chicago. Um, in other news, I abandoned... We could say on the Kardashians. No, I abandoned a book. Um, um, it's called The Museum at the End of the World. It's like, I, I started reading it, and I was like, I don't understand what's going on. And then I read, I, like, looked it up, and it's, like, this author, his alter ego, and his adventures. So I was just like, what is happening? Each chapter, you have no idea what point of his life you're supposed to be reading it in. Mm. And I'm just like, what is happening? This sounds too disorganized for you. Whoa. Too disorganized for you. I'll be anxious to no. see if the microphone picked that up. Yeah. The, um way that it's written is like very inner monologue and I'm just like okay is someone actually saying that or are you just saying that in your head and so I just mm. like I got three quarters of the way through and I was just like you know what I do not have time to read books that I'm not enjoying I'm really proud of you I feel like that is something that I often I'm like I just have to force myself through to the end of yeah. this so I started a new book that Zach gave me called a woman looking at men looking at women and uh it's pretty good i'm at page 100 wait that's the book that he gave you yes oh cool (laughs) 
cool. It's like so cool. All right, let's um so move great. on to our topic for the week. Stephanie, we're back at it again. The what? cost of being a woman. Part part two. Duh. Okay, or yeah, whatever. Part Again. dose. Part dose. Um, Duh. we are last. Last part one. What did we cover? We covered. We covered um, things birth that we buy. Abortion. It yeah. was like stuff that we buy. There's like the the pink tax. How much more yeah. it costs? Basically, we covered how much it costs to be a woman without going into the workplace at right. all. Right. It Beauty was, like, products, just things clothing. that you are spending money on. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we get started with the wage gap? Because yeah, that's, us, like, a huge thing. Lead us off, Stephanie, and tell me what you know about the wage gap. All right, first of all, 61% of men believe that there is a wage gap. Okay, that's better than what I thought you were going to say, which is that 61% of men believe there's not a wage gap. It's okay. Is like what? Like Sixty-one percent of men believe it. Eighty-three percent of women believe it, that there is wage. Yeah, gap. and you want to know who the twenty, who the seventeen percent of women that don't believe it are? What? White women. I mean, yes, yeah. privileged people that are making enough yeah. money that it doesn't matter if there is a wage gap. One hundred percent. Okay. Um. Let's just run through some stats that you probably have heard. Hit me with the stats. White women. Oh God! Don't fucking hit me, Stephanie. Do you get it? I said the word white women. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get it? It's like a slap in the face. Yeah, thanks. White women will close the wage gap in 2056. Predicted, predicted. Um, Hispanic women. That's really far away. Okay, white women is 2056. Hispanic women is 2233. Fuck me. Yeah, and black women, 2124. Wait, 2124. Also, Hispanic women, twenty two, thirty three. That's insane. Can we talk about something too on this topic? Did yeah. you find anything about Asian women? No, I didn't. Nobody either. cares about Asian women. I tried to look up some stats and I couldn't find yeah, anything. It's, mostly they talk about Black and Hispanic mm-hmm. women. Um, uh, probably because they're bigger. The other thing groups? that I sure. have seen lately that I am just remembering, so I don't have any like numbers to back this up is that worse than hispanic wage gap or like his, i don't know how to word that worse than the wage gap for hispanic yeah. women is the wage gap for native americans okay. which is like not yeah. discussed we i mean yeah i mean what group of people do we care the least about native americans, native americans. like let's poison all of their water and take yeah. away all their land yeah that's i mean just a casual thursday Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, so, one thing that I wanted to talk about is the an unadjusted versus adjusted wage gap. Yeah, explain this. Right. So, unadjusted wage gap is just an average of comparing salaries, salary to salary. Like, Kara makes, yeah, Kara makes 30, what? 30, whatever. Oh, 35 or something like that. And then Zach makes whatever. And you compare them number to number. Yeah. Okay? And doing that, like, you have a 23% wage gap or whatever you want to say. Okay. So he's 23%, he's making 23% more than you. Okay. But then adjusted wage gap, which sometimes is reported, and this is, like, why people get confused, because um, an adjusted wage gap could be 
two point or it could be four point eight to seven percent, and you're like, wow, the wage gap is like closing. It's like, dying. It's so small, but with an adjusted wage gap, what does that actually mean? They're taking into account time off. They're taking off like for medical purposes, right. whatever, like like checkups. for every month that you are like for yeah. every month you have to take a whole week off because you're dying. In yeah, your mm-hmm. they're taking off. They're taking into mm-hmm. account maternity leave. They're taking into account like how many children they think that people are going to have. So like timesing the maternity leave by however many children. They're taking into account hours worked and they're taking into account um, job position. And they're like, oh, well, women aren't working as many hours in their life as men. So the salary compared to how many hours they worked is actually like it actually makes sense. So we're paying them less because they're working less days in the year. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> this just doesn't sound like an intelligent argument. Well, it's. Like, I can see why if you no, there it are, out, it, yeah. may, it sounds like it should make sense. But then you have to come back at that with, like, okay, well, why are women the ones who are taking off no, maternity yeah, leave instead of men? There are these two numbers that are out there, like, put together by math people. It's just that some people are don't understand that one is an adjusted number and one is not. Right. And Republicans are the ones who are pushing the 4% wage gap. Well, arguing that women just don't work as many days mm-hmm. is a reason mm-hmm. to pay them less is, like... Okay, like... I mean, I would also like to argue that I would like to see men working less days. Okay. <laughs> no, I would like to see men taking more maternity leave. You just don't want to like, see their face No, anymore. like, imagine if... <laughs> no, I know. If you're, like... I hope, and I don't know how it will be if or when I get pregnant, but, like... <laughs> the day that Zach thinks that he's not taking off work to go to a... Um, what do they call that? To an OBG uh, gynecology ob, ob, obstetrician obstetrician appointment. Uh, wait, what is the pregnancy doctor called? Obstet- obstetricianist. <laughs> the day that Zach thinks that he's not coming to the doctor's office an with OB. me, yeah, like, bye. I will just be a single mother if you think that like yeah. I am the only person who has to shield the or shoulder the weight of having a child like Zach is gonna have to be there at every single doctor's appointment with me and like like it or not he's gonna end up taking off as much days or as many days as I'm going to like how about a little bit of equality up in here all right and um in honor of having my brother on last episode who is an economics major let me tell you about two economic theories that go with the wage gap okay one is called neoclassical model and it's when anytime a word starts with neoclassical i'm like no no yeah and i'm gonna really dumb this down because i had to read it in a dumbed down way and also like i'm sure there's so much more that goes into it but this is like the base of it so basically it's when a company excludes a certain group of people Mm -hmm. it could be women this is the example they're giving is women but i'm assuming it can be applied to like race or you know other things um you exclude a, a whole group and limit employment, and because of that, um, the group not facing discrimination will have their r- wages raised. Because, like, you're working there a long time, like, your, your wages will go up. Right. And because of that, other companies will see this as an advantage, 
and they think that they will benefit from only hiring the discriminated group because they can pay them less. I so, so like, it's like a forced wage gap. It's like well, a- no, no. So so for example, like a company is like like just has a lot of white men working for them, and the white men's wages are like going up. You know, just like steadily, yeah. like you're as you like are working, like your wages, like maybe year to year, like go right. up a certain percent. And then this other company is seeing that and is like, shoot, I can hire all women, women and, and pay, pay them less. less because they're they aren't being hired, so they are gonna want to work here for less money. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking insane. Um, and basically, it is beneficial to hire the discriminated group because like they That's, need jobs. Yeah, but. But in theory, in theory, this will close the wage gap because you're hiring them and like actually paying them. But But it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed to work. And um, basically, a lot of what I was reading was like, you can't just believe that hiring women and discriminated groups will close the wage gap. You actually have to do something about it. You can't just hire them and like think that it will close by itself. Yeah, even if you hire. As many women as you've hired men because you, like, want to give these people more of an opportunity. If you're paying them less, there's still the wage gap. Like, yeah, but it's they, not solving for yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, the other uh, economics explanation is called monopsony explanation. <laughs> it's called monopoly, Stephanie. It's a game. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right. And basically, it is explaining the wage gap by saying that women are less pay sensitive than men. Therefore, employee employers take advantage of that and just pay women less. Um, which, obviously, I think we all have heard that. It's just... Less pay sensitive? Yeah. So, so in, we don't care as much if we are No, like, um, if a man is like, here's your salary... The man will be like, no, you should pay me more. Right. But a woman would be like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the whole thing of, like, Secrets new. They're not new anymore. But Secrets ad campaign of, like... I love that commercial. Of her sweating in the bathroom or not sweating in the bathroom (laughs) and then going and asking for a raise. Uh It's, like, a similar thing to that where we just expect that women are not going to ask for a raise every year and it, like... Which is really difficult for women because then it puts us in the place where if we do finally ask for a raise, it's one of those lose-lose situations where you're you're going to be seen as a bitch if yeah. you are like, I deserve more money. But also then if you don't ask for a raise, you are one, going to be seen as a pushover and two, going to be taken advantage of because yeah. – They'll know that you're willing to work for less. Okay. There's no So funny because when I was on the train this morning, I was reading the book that your husband gave me. And the one essay I was reading was about gender inequality. Mm -hmm. And the one example she gave was this woman was at a lecture and she wanted to ask a question. They called on her. She stood up. She started asking her question and this man interrupts her. So she's like, okay. She tries asking again. Another man interrupts her. It happens three times. So in order to not be interrupted, she says it very loudly and assertively. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, everybody was commenting on how mean she was because she was, like, talking, like, very, like, meanly. I mean. Yeah. Even though she was being interrupted. Reclaiming my time. So the same thing. Like, women asking for raises is, like. You're going to be a bitch either way. There's no way to win this argument. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Equal Pay Act and Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act, which... Oh, you mean Equal Pay Act, which isn't real? 
Okay, so... The fake, the... the Technically, this is, like, supposed to be making wages more equal. Mm-hmm. But a um, big flaw in it that has been found is that it relies on the victim asserting their claims. And so if nothing is ever reported, then nothing ever happens. Which I am not saying that this is the fault of the victim for not saying anything. I'm saying, like, this... Equal Pay Act and Civil Rights Act, uh, one of the titles in the Civil Rights Act, like, it's not an aggressive uh, law that was put into place to make sure that um, wages were being equaled. Mm -hmm. It is relying on people um, reporting it. So agencies aren't allowed to do anything unless something is reported. Compared to Iceland, which just passed a new law where... Unless Iceland's little baby heart. Yeah, which just required companies that have 25 or more workers to prove that men and women are making the same wage for the Ugh. same job. Um, so that compared to in America where it's like, well, they never said anything, so we're not going to do anything. Something that I love about the pay gap is that this is something that, like, obviously liberals and progressives Like, this is a big talking point, and it's kind of just, like, an understood thing, right? Of, like, okay, obviously we want women and men to be paid the same. Yeah. And then, like, conservatives will say the same thing, where they're like, yeah, obviously we think that men and women should be paid the same. And then you, like, go into the actual details of things like this, of, like, the Equal Pay Act, and, you know, are, like... It's too passive. Like, nothing's happening. Yes, exactly. And then it becomes a thing of, like, oh, well, we want them to be paid the same, but we don't want to actually put in the work to make sure that they're being paid the same. It's just... It's like, well, women don't really matter that much for us to really try to force it. So the Equal Employment (sighs) Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. Cute. (laughs) um, Apparently in 2016, they proposed a rule to be added on to those acts um, that would require uh, companies to submit more information on employee wages so that they could better monitor and combat discrimination. But I don't think that anything... Did it, it never went through. I mean, I don't think so. I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah. It was. It just said that it was proposed. Yeah. Um, and I guess my last point on wage, the wage gap. Good closer. I have a few things about the wage gap. No, you can't. So okay. Um. Basically. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Going going along with all the economic theories that I mentioned before, they like do a lot of studies on it and everything, and it's just women's work. Like, in conclusion, women's work is undervalued as a whole. Yeah. It never has to do with, like, anything else. It's just always that women's work is undervalued. Um, They do all these studies where um, workplaces hire more and more women. The percentage of women to men, like, in the workplace is getting more and more equal or even more women. Mm -hmm. And the more women that are in our company, um, the lower the wages become. Like, the actual chart of it is, like, m- the more women that get hired, the lower the average salary goes. I am not surprised. This actually is a good segue, Sigu, into uh, what I wanted to add to this. Yes. Um, is that you... So, some argument that some people make is that, like, well, there's a wage gap because, like, women do different work, which goes right back to what you were saying of, like, well they still shouldn't be valued less if it's different work. Yeah. Like, So there are some studies that have been done about 
like largely female dominated um, work areas and then largely male dominated work areas, workforce, workforces, what is it? No, like the whole career field. Oh, oh, yeah. So fields. Uh, So education is largely female dominated. And you would think that because of that, it would mean that women are at least paid equal, if not paid more. But what this study has found is that for elementary and middle school, female teachers earn about $981 a week, whereas male teachers in the same teaching environment earn about uh, $1,126 a week. So they're still making more. But then... Also, that is so little. (laughs) Yeah. That's less than $50,000 a year I mean, for women. Let's pay our teachers more. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> okay, but in software development, which is a largely male-dominated field, men are making $1,863 per week and women are making $1,553 per week. So even in, like, in male-dominated fields, you would expect to see a wage gap, but also in female-dominated fields. Uh, the overall average for weekly pay is women are getting paid $749 per week on average of, like, all fields. And men are being paid on average $915 per week. So that means that women are making less than 82% of what men make. Great. Which is just, like, so encouraging, you know? I'm really yeah. so happy about this. This is great. A major thing that people use as an excuse? No. As, like, a reason why women should be paid less is because of maternity leave. Yeah, let me tell you about some of that. Do you mind? Could um, you just, like, sit down and I'll... Do you I think that s- I just, like, randomly placed that segue there for you? I will, like, speak at you. <laughs> um, okay, so I honestly did it, like, I mean, didn't know very much about paid leave or maternity leave in general. And then I watched Michael Moore's where to invade next documentary Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of old maybe i don't know what year it came out um but it's really good and he started talking about the italian pay leave system and i was like well this just sounds like very normal isn't that what happens all over the place so in italy you can get 52 weeks or one year um of paid maternity leave for your pay will be 80% of what your regular salary is okay. for 52 weeks, or you can do 26 weeks at 100% of your salary. Yeah. And that goes for men and women. It doesn't matter if you have given birth to the child, like, or if you adopted the child. Oh, it's that's going, good. Yeah, it's going to go either way, which, like, I don't know if you remember this, but when Hoda... Today, when she had her or when she adopted her kid, everybody was like, why is she taking a maternity leave? Like, why is she not on the air? She didn't give birth. She shouldn't be taking a maternity leave. And when I say everybody, I think you know who I'm talking about. It was straight white men um, who voted for a certain Cheeto. Uh, (laughs) So compare that to America where there are still three states that don't even require anybody to provide paid care or paid leave at all. Yeah. And Walmart, which is the largest private employer in America, they don't provide any paid oh. leave. So if you want to take time off, you're basically like, goodbye. However, the best places 
to with, for paid leave. Like, I remember a few years ago, Google was like, we're going to give people six months. And everybody was like, oh, my God. Which I was like, I don't understand why this is revolutionary. Shouldn't we? Like, shouldn't people have that much time? But Netflix and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation both give up to one year. So you can take that whole time if you want to. You don't have to. Netflix, like, promotes theirs as, like, a very flex thing. So you can come back when you're ready is what it's called. And it's interesting that these are all, like, seen as millennial, quote-unquote millennial, like, younger companies. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the thing, like, the, the not older companies, but, like, the banks, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the banks. The banks. Like, on average, most banks are, like, 12 to 14 weeks of paid maternity leave. Uh-huh. Which, if you could just think about this, like, here's the thing. Babies are literally so fucking annoying until they're, like, six to eight months old. Because all they do is just, like, scream and shit themselves. And then they get to be, like six months old and they start to have a personality and they're really fun and they're like laughing at you and playing with you and eight months old they're like starting to crawl like it's i mean i get that there is the physical part of having maternity leave and like how important that is that your body needs to yeah i think that's what people focus on but like if i have a kid i'm not just like having a child to create a human like i'm having a kid because i want to have a kid and i want to be there it's, like, surprising to think about, but, like, yeah, um, there is a greater purpose to having children than just because you're, like, 18 years old and your boyfriend put your, his penis in you. There are, like, so many crazy things. Um, so that's what I have on maternity leave. Do you have anything to add to that? No. Cool. Uh, <laughs> is the rest of it just me talking at you? Yes. Cool. So coming down from the wage gap again... Um, talking about how, like, there's a separation because women take off that extra time. They're taking off all this time to have kids, Stephanie. Men are putting their penises into women and creating little humans. And if you don't want abortion to be legal, then women have to take off time from work. Here's what's gonna happen. All the time. All the fucking time. Okay, well, like, this is crazy to me because I think about, like, oh, you're gonna take off, like, one year of your life, whatever. Oh, my God, only if you only have one child. Yeah. Then, like, what's gonna happen if you want two children or three children or, like, God forbid you're, like, my mom and you want fucking five children. Well, Kara, you have to be a housewife. So sad. I mean... I have to. I mean, there's nothing for me to do. And clean the house all day. RT, if you were um, a baby Kara and you like didn't have any greater purpose in life, and so all you wanted to be when you were younger was a mom. RT. I hate when you say RT and then start with you. Like you're like RT if you're Kara. <laughs> it's like <gasps> nobody else can retweet that because it's you. <laughs> Okay, RT, if you were, like, conservative at one point in your life and that's what you thought you had to do okay, with your life. Okay, fine. My niece started, when she was, like, two years old, started saying that she wanted to be a mommy when she grew up. And I'd always be like, you know, you could be a mommy and a doctor. Yeah. Like, you can do two things at once. And she'd be like, no, I want to be a mommy. And I'd be like, lots of mommies go to work. You can be both. I'm, like, <laughs> really forcing her into this working lifestyle. I remember my mom worked until I was in like fifth grade and they had like a massive layoff and so she ended up being in the layoff and she sat me and my brother down and was like okay like I am gonna take this opportunity to like stay at home for a bit she did she she stayed at home not working for maybe like four or five 
She definitely was working when I was in high school. I don't remember how many years it was, but okay. she took off some time to stay home. And I don't think my brother probably even remembers this, but I was like, why? <laughs> like, what? She was like, I just really want to spend time with you guys. And Jack, I was just like, okay, cool. you like, I don't understand. So I don't have to go to the after school program anymore. Cool. <laughs> I was so blessed that both of my parents worked out of the house. They ran a nonprofit from their home. And so I remember, like, <laughs> asking to go over to friends' houses. And my mom being like, "Is like, are their parents going to be home? And I'd be like, of course they're going to be home. It's like a Wednesday at 2.45 p.m. right after school gets out. What are you talking about? And my mom was like, Kara, not every mom and dad are like able to stay home and it was so shocking i couldn't believe it um okay so speaking of having children i just want to hit like a few things about this i don't want to go super into depth about it but here like when we think about the cost of having a kid if you want to be like a working mom or a working parent at all you think like well you have to take time off of your job and like if a lot of places in america aren't providing paid maternity leave that's going to take a huge chunk of money. Like, you're going to have to really work back up to that. But also something that I kind of forgot about. Every, I, like, I forget about this all the time until I reread it. Is that you have to go to a lot of doctor's appointments yeah. while you're pregnant. And even, like, for me, I'm probably going to have to do a lot of doctor appointments before I'm pregnant. Or I know a girl who just got pregnant, but she's been having to go to the doctor and do... Um, what's that treatment like fertilization treatment because her ovaries didn't want to work so that meant going to the doctor every single week for like six months until she finally got pregnant there's that costs so much money like I was trying to explain to my friend why I didn't want to have a kid right now I was like having a mental breakdown and she was like well can't you just get on healthcare?" I'm like I don't think you understand how often you have to go to the doctor and especially if you have problematic ovaries and like a problematic uterus like I do that's a lot of time that you're taking off from work and a lot of money that you're spending at the doctor's office imagine fitting that into your current budget imagine fitting that into your current schedule like I'm just trying to find time to go to yoga yeah (laughs) Uh, okay on average women pay 68% more than men in healthcare during their childbearing years which is from like 14 to 45 or something crazy so that's most of our lives it's really cool and (laughs) having a child will cost a high skilled woman $230,000 of lost lifetime wages so that's just like not good that's like not the cost of raising a child that's just how much she's not getting paid from having to go to doctor's appointments, having to go to, like, soccer games. Miss work. Yeah, missing work. Um, Whereas men go relatively unaffected. Nice. Very cool. The other thing is getting back into the workplace is a fucking nightmare. Like, nobody respects women who take time off to raise a child. They, like, don't think it's a job. I know a woman who took off, like, five years. Um, Average is, like, three years to take off to raise your kids. Hmm. But this woman took off five years, and then she tried to get back into it, and nobody would hire her. She just had to keep being, like, yeah, I really proudly took time off to raise my kids, but, like, I'm a work, like, I want to be a working woman. Like, she was running her own business the whole time that she was 
taking leave or not leave but like the whole time that she wasn't working and companies were still like you know we just like don't see a reason for you to have taken that much time off we don't need to rehire you about 43 percent of women leave the workforce after they have a child and 74 percent of those women will go back to work but only 40 percent are able to find full-time work upon returning which is just like god no wonder there's no fucking women working like no wonder we can't keep women in, like, high CEO-paid yeah. positions because there's no flexibility. People believe that women are just meant to have kids and, like, stay in the kitchen and make sandwiches and shit. But, like, they don't want to help pay for women to actually do that. Yeah. So, um, so because of that, maybe a lot of people are, a lot of women are, you know, just, like, not getting married and not having kids, I hope. <laughs> That's my goal, um, is that we stop using men at all. Uh, that is going to bring me to my last thing that I want to talk about, Stephanie. Uh-huh. Just really quickly, um, how many people on your Facebook page this month bought a house? Okay, we don't have the same Facebook, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Mine's probably, like, one. Mine one is person. probably, like, seven or something crazy. But I can almost guarantee... That 100% of the people on my Facebook page buying a house are married. And there is, like, some difficulty in women who want to go apartment shopping or who want to go house shopping. Because, as we talked about earlier, like, it's easier for people to take advantage of women. Or they, like, see it more as, they like, an excusable thing to take advantage of women. Um, for a lot of women who, like, are going apartment shopping or house hunting, it ends up being, like, the first question out of a realtor's mouth is, like, okay, so, like, is this for you and your husband? Like, just, first of all, is very heteronormative, but is also just, like, no, I can be an independent woman and, like, buy my own fucking house. Um, single men take up about 9% of house purchases. Like, they make up 9% of the market of homeowners. And single single men men make up 9% of the homeowner Because most of them are married. Yeah, 67% of homeowners are married couples. Single women, however, double those digits almost and make up 16% of the market, which is really great because women are like increasingly more and more empowered to be buying houses. If you look up online, like, single women buying homes, there are so many inspiring stories and articles about, like, no, I literally just wanted to buy a fucking house. And, like, there are some sad parts about realtors being, like, oh, I don't think that you can. Or, like, you probably can't afford it by yourself. Do you know a man in your life? Like, things like that. But in the end, it's, like, really inspiring to see a bunch of women going out and doing things by themselves. But something that goes back to the fucking wage gap, like, women can't get a leg up. It's really difficult for women to buy houses. Like, if you, let's say you, like, get a divorce after you've had children or you are just, like, a single woman with kids and you need to buy, like, a three-bedroom house. Yeah. It's a lot more difficult for women to be able to afford buying a three-bedroom house because their whole life they've been getting paid less than men. So on average, women have a lot smaller homes and their market values of their houses are a lot less because they're having to buy in like worse neighborhoods so that they can buy the size that they need. Yeah. 
Um, Great. And men are able to resell their houses for greater values. I didn't really understand why, but they do. Uh, uh, I believe it. Those are the facts that I have to hit you with. That um, I hit you with. Let's conclude this really depressing episode. <laughs> no. Let's well, keep going with depression. Keep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, go. All right, let's conclude it. I just... Should we? We can't keep talking about it. Um, what did you buy this week, Kara? Oh, oh my God, Stephanie. I wanted to tell you, I had a great week. So... As my resolutions deal with, like, saving more and spending less, I've been writing down every single purchase, which typically I'm just like, oh, I, like, I put it in my, or it goes through my Chase app, and, like, I see that, whatever, and then, like, once a month I look at my Chase app, and I'm like, God, Kara, you spend a lot of shit. (laughs) Um, But I actually wrote down every single day of things that I bought this week, which included three days Count them. One, two, three. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday of absolutely zero spending. And it would have been four days. Today, Sunday, would have been my fourth day. Except that I went to Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee. And I ended up... I have, like, a a card that reloads itself. Yeah. And I ended up going below my limit. First mistake, Kara. I know. I know. Well, and I was even thinking, like... Oh, this is so nice because I can treat myself to a coffee without feeling like I'm spending money. <laughs> well, great. Now I spent $20 to recharge my card. Ridiculous. But isn't that amazing? I went three days without spending any money. That Good job, never Kara. happened to me before. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. What did you buy? Um, well, this morning I went and got my hair cut. Did you, Stephanie, or did you get your pussy pumped on a date? Okay, Do Kara. people want to know? No. Um... I didn't tell anybody except Jack, so. Stephanie texted me last night and is like, okay, what time do you want to come over to record? I have something at 10, but I'll be home by 12. Which I was like, first of all, offended that you have something. No, you said I have something secret at 10. I was like, like, you're going to ask anyway. Excuse you, bitch. They ain't no secrets. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And how dare you think that you don't have to tell me? I'm so offended right now. And so I was like, are you going to get your pussy pumped? And shockingly... She said, said yes. yes. <laughs> like, um, no. She I got- said yes! <laughs> Stephanie is engaged. I got my haircut, and it's in this... I love this part of Brooklyn, so I went early and went to breakfast by myself at a bakery. Oh, yes. It was so good. And Did it bring you back to France? I didn't really have that many crepes in France. Oh, that's... Also, I got a breakfast, like, savory one. Mm. When I did have a crepe in France, it was, like, a chocolate dessert one. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm thinking... I'm dreaming about eggs. (laughs) Karen breaks her veganism because I mentioned crepes once. No, they fucking... Eggs make me... We've had this discussion. I know. Eggs make me nauseous, but I still dream of... I fucking love eggs. They make me so nauseous. Um, okay. So you spent money on a haircut. I did. Stephanie, and you look so stinking cute. I, like, saw her. She opened the door at the top of the steps. I was like, oh, did you get your hair cut? As if I, like, as if somehow eight oh, inches of well, hair went magically missing. But also, missing. I cut off ten inches, so yeah, it was, it was a big like, difference. Yeah, there was no reason. Like, I don't know why I needed to ask you. <laughs> Obviously, you got a fucking haircut. 
Yes. Um, it looks so cute. I'll post a picture of it. And Just I'm, to my personal page, not to not to the dollar short or anything. Um, and I'm donating it. This is my sixth time donating my hair. <laughs> so cool, Stephanie. That's like so great. We're like so proud of you. Wow, <laughs> you're so fucking cool. Kara, shut up and tell us what you say for the podcast. Oh, Stephanie. I saved this great story. Actually, you were with me, so I was I'm there. Kind of. It could have been my save for the. It could have been yours. It could be both of ours. Let's do it. No. One. Do you have one? Let's just say it at the same time, but, but like that is yours. not rehearse it. Okay. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we were walking to line up at the women's march, and obviously, like a hundred million other people were also walking to line up. And there was this huge sign that Stephanie saw that said, Donald Trump likes three doors down. Yeah. And it was enormous. It was a huge sign. Yeah, really. And it was on a pole. So it was, like, held up way above the crowds. It was so funny. And, like, Stephanie and I had a really good laugh about it. Ha, 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 whatever. And then we stopped. And this old white guy, which, like, first of all, anytime I see an old white guy, I just, like, assume that they're the worst people. Um, but this old white guy gotta be like i mean he was like 50s or 60s like he wasn't yeah yeah, he wasn't middle-aged he was beyond so this old white guy comes running down the street and he's like hey excuse me sir (laughs) and he goes what does three doors down mean (laughs) and stephanie and i burst out laughing it was so fucking funny he like genuinely just wanted the sign explained to him and I thought it was so cute because I was like, you know what, old white man, like you're so out of like, touch. Like shout out, no, I no, I was like <laughs> shout out, shout out to you for like not understanding a sign at a protest and like asking. Yes, actually though, that is true. Because it was a stupid sign about a band, but it could have been something like very important. Yeah, that yeah. you didn't understand. It could have been, um, but it, instead it was about three doors down. Oh my god, it was so good. There were so many good signs at that march. Yeah. So many funny things, um, but that sign was at the top of the list. Oh, it was pretty good. So, um, thanks, white men who um, asked good questions at the march. You're representing your demographic well. <laughs> Maybe you should take care of the other white men who aren't representing it so well, if you know what I mean. Thanks for listening. Find us on the internet at adollarshortpod.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at adollarshortpod. And don't forget to email us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns at adollarshortpod at gmail.com. All the artwork is by Zach McCurdy. The music is by Alex Previty. And everything else is by me and